Hey, Hug Church, welcome to the podcast, and I'm Justin, the executive pastor here in training. Hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, well, today we have a very special guest, author of Blessed Are the Crazy, Breaking the Signs About Mental Illness and the Church. Um, our book study actually just wrapped up this book, and we're so excited to continue um, this journey with her. So, the speaker is an author, a pastor, a reverend, a doctor, an advocate for mental health, and she's here with us this morning. So, thank you so much for joining us. Here is... Dr. Reverend Sarah Lund. Hi, everyone. I am the Reverend Dr. Sarah Griffith Lund, and I am so happy to be with you for worship. Thank you for inviting me to be part of your faith community as we think about how we are each beloved by God, each one of us, no matter what we are going through in our life's journey. We are loved and we are not alone. Will you join me in prayer? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing and glorifying to you. For you alone, O oh God, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So my name is Sarah and I am a pastor at First Congregational United Church of Christ in Indianapolis, Indiana. And I'm also the author of Blessed Are the Crazy, Breaking the Silence About Mental Illness, Family, and Church. That book came out in 2014, and I have a new book that came out in February of 21 called Blessed Union, Breaking the Silence About Mental Illness and Marriage. Now you may be wondering, why does this person feel like they have to break all the silences? And I feel like this is what God has called me to do as a person of faith with all that I have been through in my life. And so I want to share with you a few reflections as we think about what it means to follow in the way of Jesus, as we think about who Jesus was, what Jesus teaches us about God, and how we can understand ourselves as being loved by God, no matter what we are going through in our personal lives, in the lives of our family, our faith community, or society. Today's scripture comes to us from the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the Philippians. And in chapter 2, I want to look at the verses from the Message Translation, verses 5 through 11. This is what Paul says to the church. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a servant, became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at that, crucifixion. Jesus is God in flesh. And because God came to us in the form of Jesus, and because Jesus suffered and was tortured and was killed, 
God in the person of Jesus knows all about what it means to be fully human, to experience the pains, disappointments, and shock and trauma that we experience as humans. Yet too often in faith communities and in the church, we kind of skip over the really hard parts of life. And for me, growing up in a family where my father had very serious mental illness, uh, he was successful, yes. He was an animal doctor and the father of five and on the school board and he looked good. But inside and in his mind, things were falling apart. And over time, my dad's mental illness became a disability. He lost his ability to work. He lost his ability to be in a marriage and to parent. And so um, his mental illness was so serious that he was uh, really needing help. He needed to see a doctor, he needed to go to the hospital. But one of the things about his illness, bipolar disorder, is that a symptom called anosognesia blocked his ability to know he was sick. So I say it's like a person with a broken leg trying to limp down the sidewalk and having a hard time walking because their leg's broken. And when people say, oh, can I help you? Let's get you in a wheelchair. Let's get you help to, to fix your broken leg. The person just denies it and says, what are you talking about? I don't have a broken leg. Even though you can see the leg is clearly broken. Sort of like what my dad was going through, but it was his mind and not his leg that was broken. Well, we were part of a church community, very active in the church, and yet we didn't know who to tell or how to talk about what was going on at home. And for me as a child, it was scary because nobody uh, knew what was happening. And I saw my dad's behavior and his actions and his words, and he was fighting a lot with my mom. And I thought it was my fault that somehow I was the reason why things weren't working out. So the church has a really special role to play because we come into such close contact with people's lives. We're in small groups, we worship together. And my vision and my hope, and I think you all at Hug Church are figuring this out, you know, how can we be real with people and let them know what's truly going on inside, you know, in our homes and in our hearts so that we can get the support that we need. Too often the stigma and the shame of mental illness keeps us embarrassed from saying something. Sometimes we feel like, well, maybe I just need to try harder. Maybe my depression would go away if I prayed more, if I read the Bible more. But what I want to affirm is that just like we may get asthma and need an inhaler, sometimes our depression or anxiety gets so bad we need medication. And it's okay to be a Christian and to talk to a doctor, a psychiatrist, a therapist and get help. And the scripture that talks about Jesus becoming fully human, I believe with all my heart that Jesus knew what it was like to be depressed to be anxious, to be afraid, to have intrusive thoughts, that Jesus in his full humanity, representing God in flesh, knows what we are going through. And for me, that gives me so much hope. It does because I know that God knows what I'm going through and that I'm not alone. 
and that God loves me and wants me to get better, wants me to get help. Thankfully, I was able to start to tell my story about what was happening uh, growing up and my mom was able to tell the pastor what was happening and the pastor did a great thing. He listened to my mom and said, I think your family needs professional help and he referred us to a Christian counselor. And that really got the ball rolling for us to get the help that we needed. Sadly, my dad went on with his serious um, mental illness and he died uh, very early in his life from the mental illness. And so that's uh, a tragedy that I think we can prevent. And I believe our churches are called to help save lives, to get people the resources and support that we need. A great resource that you can find at your fingertips is NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, NAMI.org. It's a grassroots nonprofit and they have great resources. They have online support groups and family groups. They have a chapter in every city and it's a great place to go. So please check out NAMI.org. I wanna go back to the passage and finish reading the verses. Verses 9 through 11, talking about Jesus's obedience to God, saying, Because of that obedience, God lifted Jesus high and honored him far and beyond anyone and anything ever, so that all created beings in heaven and on earth, even those dead long ago and buried, will bow in worship before this Jesus Christ and call out in praise that he is the master of all, to the glorious honor of God the Father. The good news is that even though we go through terrible situations, and like in our society with the tragic shootings, we go through terrible situations, but God doesn't leave us there. Just as Jesus was crucified, he was crucified and died on the cross, God does not leave us there on the cross. God comes into our lives, wraps us with love, and resurrects us from the dead. And as followers of Jesus, we are called to be part of this resurrected community, bringing new life and hope to people who are suffering. I talk about in my book, Blessed Are the Crazy, the cross of mental illness. Now, I do not believe mental illness is a punishment from God, no. I look at the science who talks about the brain as part of our body, and some mental health challenges are genetic, like in my family, bipolar disorder goes through the generations. So, mental illness is not a punishment by God. I don't believe it's caused by demon possession. I believe that it is just something that happens to us. Like you get a cold, you get the flu, you can get a mental health challenge. Sometimes it's because of a situation like the pandemic. A lot of folks are experiencing situational depression and anxiety. All of the racial injustice and violence is causing trauma. And so there are different things that cause us to have mental illness. And so it just exists in the world. And that's where I think of the cross. Our world exists and there's suffering in this world. Just like there are the crosses of suffering 
And so you and me, from time to time in our lives, we will carry that cross of suffering. We will carry the cross of mental illness. And what I hope and pray for Hug Church is that we can come alongside of one another when we are carrying that heavy burden of mental health challenges and that we don't have to be ashamed or feel like it's our fault or embarrassed about it. But we can say, look, my cross is heavy. I have a heavy cross right now of anxiety, depression, eating disorders, addiction, schizophrenia, hearing voices, you know, thinking of self-harm. These are heavy crosses that we all carry from time to time. And for us as followers of Jesus to know that Jesus too was human and Jesus carried his cross too. And so God is with us as the church to bring us community so that we are not alone in carrying the cross. Because if we were left alone to carry the crosses, it would kill us. And it does not have to leave us in that pit of despair. Breaking the silence about mental illness shines the light of God's love. It brings the cross of mental illness out of the shadows, the hill of Golgotha where the crosses were of the criminals and Jesus. It takes the cross off of that hill of death and brings it into God's glory and God's light. There are some really great books and I know you all love to read. I know you have book clubs. So as part of my message today, as we think about the church's call to carry the cross of mental illness with each other so that no one dies alone on a cross so that we can save lives. There's lots of resources we can look at. One of uh, a really good one that's getting a lot of attention is My Grandmother's Hands. And this is about trauma and how the trauma we experience lives in our bodies and can be passed from generation to generation. This book became especially well-known this past summer when we were looking at racism and the trauma of racism from generation to generation. So if you're interested in how faith communities can be part of healing, this is a great book, My Grandmother's Hands, Racialized Trauma and the Pathways to Mending Our Hearts and Bodies. Another great resource I wanted to share with you is a book my friend wrote, David Finnegan Hosey, called Christ on the Psych Ward. David is a pastor. He's a chaplain in the United Methodist tradition, and he has bipolar disorder. He's a Christian, and he's a pastor. And his first experience with a psychotic episode was when he was studying for the ministry in seminary. In seminary, he was having such a rough time. He went to the doctor and he was admitted to a psychiatric hospital and he spent time there getting better. And he talks about being in a support group on the psych ward and how the love and care and that support group was Christ. That Christ showed up on the psych ward in that loving circle of care and support. I really think you would like this book. And David's a great person. He loves to talk with churches. So I highly recommend this book to you, Christ on the Psych Ward. Another book I want to share with you is how we can think 
about the experiences of being human, you know, having mental health challenges, having disabilities, and how much Jesus relates to us in our full humanity. One of the most important works in my life to think about how God knows of our suffering is by Nancy Iceland, The Disabled God, Toward a Liberatory Theology of Disability. Nancy is one of the first people to claim that in Jesus Christ, God knows what it is like to have a disability. Now, let me break it down for you. As we think about the story and how in our sacred text, Jesus became fully human, God in human form, that Jesus was crucified. And after the crucifixion, Jesus was resurrected. And then he came back to the disciples and showed them his scars in his hands and in his side. And some of the disciples didn't believe it was him. They couldn't imagine how that could be Jesus because Jesus had been killed. And Jesus said, look at my scars, look at my wounds. And so what Nancy Eastland says in The Disabled God is when Jesus shows them his wounds in his hands and his side, that those are signs of disability because his hand is impaired and his side is impaired and his feet had nails in them. Can you imagine what that might do to a person's body? It's a type of physical disability. And so in that way, Jesus knows what it's like to have a disability. And because Jesus is God in flesh, God knows what it is like to have a disability. So what does that mean for us as Christians, that we worship a God who came to us in human flesh and knows our every challenge, our every hardship, our every sorrow, our every struggle, including our mental health challenges and including things that make us disabled. I think this is a powerful way to understand our faith and to understand how God is with us. God is with us in every situation in our life and we don't have to be ashamed. Everywhere we look, we can see God showing up. When I think of my life and mental illness, I think about how God showed up in my father and my father's ways of trying to love me. He tried his best. I'll never forget when he and I were meeting at Denny's. I would only meet with him in public because as a child, I was so scared of, of his behavior. So even as an adult, I would just see him in public. We were at Denny's eating, you know, pancakes and eggs, and my dad stopped the conversation and he said, Sarah, I want you to give me Holy Communion right now. And I was so shocked and surprised. I thought, what is this? You know, how can I give my dad communion at Denny's? And so I just kind of brushed him off and I thought, you know, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to do it. And so I didn't. But now, looking back, I realized that that was God's way of trying to help connect my father and me and bring us closer. And at the time, I was too scared to do it. But if I could go back, I would. I would turn those pancakes into holy bread and that orange juice and coffee into holy, uh, the cup of love. And I would share communion because I think God was there and my dad's 
desire in his heart, in his heart, he wanted to be close to God and close to me. I also have a brother, Scott, that I wrote about in my book, and my brother, Scott, has been in the hospital so many times in the psychiatric unit. And one time on Christmas Day, I went to visit my brother, my mom and I, and we were there, and it was pretty sad, actually, you know, all these folks there in the psychiatric ward on Christmas Day. But we sat there with my brother, and we held his hand, and it was beautiful. And God was there in that moment where we could connect. And even though we didn't know what to say, we showed up in the psych ward on Christmas Day. And we showed my brother the love that he deserves as a child of God. I am on my own mental health journey. I am in recovery from post-traumatic stress disorder. And as part of my recovery, I see a therapist. And God shows up in the counseling sessions, whether I'm sitting in the office like I did uh, last year, or if I'm doing telehealth. And she's looking at me with a compassionate gaze of God. And God is there. So friends, beloved of God, Know that whatever you are going through, you are not alone. You do not have to carry the cross of mental illness by yourself. We want to help. We want to be there with you. So tell a friend, tell someone at church, let your pastors know what you are going through. And when you share that and open yourself up, God's love will be made known to you in powerful ways. And so I invite you to pray with me. God of love, as we open our hearts to you this moment, we pray for communication to flow, for there to be connection and honesty and, and sharing, God, of all of our struggles, even the ones that are the most shameful. For we know that you desire our healing and our wholeness, whether it's through medications, through a therapist, or through friendships and prayer. God, thank you for all these ways we can find healing and grace. Thank you that Jesus knows what it is like to carry the cross. And I pray for anyone who hears this, who is carrying a heavy cross, God, that their burden be lifted through breaking the silence and that we can surround them with love and support, knowing that their life matters, that they matter to us and they matter to God. Thank you for this love that we experience in Jesus Christ. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Thank you so much, Hug Church. I am so happy that I could be here with you today. God bless you.